Coming up, the New York football giants are playoff bound, but we know there's one more week in the NFL season. We break down some memories that could go ahead and fuel this big blue team into the playoffs and also whether or not it's more important to play spoiler to Philadelphia than focus on any matchup that they may have coming down the road. We break it all down next. Ah, yes, my friends, it's OGP, the One Giant Podcast, where we are your host over here, Adam Armbrecht, over there, Andrew Makowitz, and we know that you are healthy, wealthy, and wise. I am indeed. I'm I'm feeling good. The weather's starting to turn a little bit warmer in New York, and it's coming at the right time. The playoffs are going to come. It's going to get freezing cold, but hey, the Giants are in the playoffs, my friend. That's all that you want to know. It's all you want to hear. It's all you want to be is in the playoffs if the New York football giants. As we know, the Giants took off Monday and Tuesday, so there's not really a lot of notes around the team. Whether or not that's indicative of what their Week 18 plans are, we'll, we'll get a better sense of that as the week moves on. But there are a couple of interesting things said at the top there. Philadelphia and, and what this NFC playoff picture looks like. There's a lot of interesting scenarios that in some ways – are less about the Giants and more just maybe about what it would mean for everyone else, specifically that division rival Eagles. But before we do, Andy, do you know what happened this week in history for the New York football Giants? Mm, I am not sure. If you give me uh, maybe a, uh, a year, I can I can try to manipulate something here. I'm going to give you two years, 2007 and 2011. Uh, Technically into, you know, and then into the, because it was. We were getting ready to make the, playoffs in well the- my friend as you may not recall and many fans may have not made this adjustment because of the way the new schedule worked and i think even the season schedule has evolved a little bit sunday january 6th 2008 as we know the giants were starting their journey against the tampa bay buccaneers down yes. in tampa bay and in 2012 on this same week in nfl history which actually took place on the 8th They were going to take on the Atlanta Falcons. We know a 24-2 victory over the Atlanta Falcons. We know a 24-14 victory over those Tampa Bay Buccaneers on those Super Bowl runs for Big Blue. But this is the difference, man. With 18 weeks in the season, all of a sudden, when we talk about history, the Giants were already in the process of making some of theirs just, uh, well, you know, a little over a decade and a decade and a half ago. It it does feel strange that we're into January and we're still talking about the regular season. Like, this is usually, like, wild card weekend feels like it would be fast approaching on us. Now we've got this little bit of a delay. Obviously, with the, the Cincinnati Bengals and Buffalo Bills game getting suspended, yep. that has huge playoff implications. Obviously, we're still waiting to hear more on um, Darna Hamlin. Uh, but, Adam, you know, they're even talking about the potential of pushing week 18 back slightly to be, you know, and eating up into the extra week that they have between the NFC AFC championship game and the Super Bowl, just to be able to get all these games finished, yep. knowing that the Buffalo Bills game uh, could have some serious ramifications and they want to kind of give everyone still time to process what actually occurred on Monday Night Football. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they approach that. I mean, obviously, they now have the one bye week for the number one seed, and that's the kind of thing that you'd be really hard-pressed to take away in order to you know, get that week sorted out somehow. You can only look at the calendar and say, well, where is there an empty space? So 
we'll keep an eye on how that goes. But just as a reminder, too, in those games when there wasn't a QBR then, 117 for Eli Manning, 20 to 27 for a buck 85 and two touchdowns in that Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, the first Super Bowl for our New York football giants with Eli Manning at the helm. But in the second one, man, like, and we know this was one of those feel goods, like this one felt, um, you know, right up there kind of on the same kind of par, not the same level of accomplishment as beating the Vikings 41, nothing when they went on to lose in the Super Bowl to the Baltimore Ravens. But when you look at it and you see 23 of 32, 277, three touchdowns, no picks, a 129.3 rating for Eli Manning. Like, God, it just fills me with all the right vibes about number 10 in Big Blue. Oh, I mean, those that's where he made his money, right? That's why he is a potential Super uh, Hall of Fame, uh, you know, inductees, two-time Super Bowl winner, two-time Super Bowl MVP. Um, apologies, it's Damar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills. Just wanted to make sure we got that little quick correction. But to your point, I mean, that just conjures up all the good feels. I remember exactly where I was for that Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, pacing around the couch back and forth. And the Giants really won both of those games pretty convincingly, Adam. Uh, I believe, yep. I know for a fact, the uh, the Tampa Bay game was on the road. The Atlanta one, was it in Atlanta as well? Because the Giants were a wild card that year as well. Yeah, yeah, they went in on, yep. in, in on the road. I remember, man, I can't remember when the sequence happened with the safety in that game. But I remember like it took because I was looking over the box score too. It was only seven to two at halftime. So it wasn't like, you know, there wasn't this runaway game, but then 10 points in the third, seven points in the fourth, and the Giants sealed the deal on that one. And I think like, you know, the Tampa Bay game felt a little bit different because it was that first time, had that energy though. The Giants, like they, they, they came into that game to me feeling a little bit different when you talk about going down early in that one, but then coming back in the second quarter, like it's rare even now or back then that the giants would you know be putting up 14 points in a quarter they had some big runs with plexico burris obviously when that offense was more explosive but no man like you cast your mind back there a little bit and the last note that i'll just provide about it is always a tip of the hat to i think one of the undervalued just from a a, a nfl perspective an undervalued player would be one amani tumor who in that tampa bay buccaneers game seven targets seven catches 74 yards touchdown like he, to me, this is always what I go back to about, you don't need to be the biggest, you know, the biggest, best, whatever. You don't need to be regarded as one of the top two or three wide receivers in the NFL. Chemistry matters. Being a great route runner matters. Being a reliable, consistent receiver matters. And that was Imani Toomer through and through. Oh, I mean, what an all-time great. You, you, you did mention, like, everyone remembers Plaxico Burris, but I don't think you remember, you know, exactly how important Imani Toomer was to this team. So it's great, Adam, keep in mind, both of those teams were wild card teams for the Giants. We know, they we did know, right? they did not they did not necessarily you know blow everyone out all throughout the season, got into the playoffs, and their pass rush seemed to take over as yeah. the season progressed. I'm not I, I mean, I'm not necessarily saying that this team is built that way, but guess what? The pass rush has come on the last few weeks. They do they are into the wild card, and it feels like they're playing some of their best football right now. And we're going to talk about next week as we as we gear up for the playoffs and what that picture looks like and what the matchup will be. Some of those things, I think, like the end of this season, and we're going to talk about later in this episode, there were some key plays. New York Post had a great article about like what they view as the six plays, not even games, the six plays of this entire season that led to the Giants making the playoffs. But these recent weeks, I think, especially the performance against the Colts, especially even in a losing effort against the Vikings, it, it, it 
got you back onto a, a level footing around thinking, hey, this team is playing good football, right? There was a chunk there kind of in the second, third quarter of the season where you went, I don't know, maybe we're getting a little more evaluation here and the playoffs is a nice thing. I think at least now, depending on matchup, and we're going to talk about that too, you do look at it and go, yeah, why not? Right? Like, why, why not the Giants in the wild card round of the playoffs? I don't think that uh, the fan base, or at least I don't, look at it the same way that I did three or four weeks ago where it was like, that'd be nice to make it. Now it does, it does feel like, and to your point with the defense, like, hey, it's only a moment or two away maybe from the Giants making a bit of a statement, even if it doesn't go on a big long run in the playoffs. Just, hey, we are here, and next season is going to be as dangerous as it was coming in. Well, listen, uh, many weeks ago, Probably about 10 weeks ago, I had mentioned the Giants off to a hot start and they could be making the playoffs. They can make some noise yep. in the playoffs. I even uttered the words, imagine if they made a run to the Super Bowl. And I remember the comments were very specific of like, listen to this clown talk about the Giants making a playoffs and making a run. We are not there yet. I thought, and they, listen, were apt. I thought they were apt comments. Well, you know, at the time, it seems like uh, everyone was, was piling on being like, what is he mm -hmm. talking about? We've got a long road ahead. Now the Giants have clinched a playoff berth before the end of the regular season, and they're locked into a seed where they may get a favorable matchup against the Minnesota Vikings. It's not unheard of to think that the Giants could win this game after we saw what happened in Minnesota, and then you roll the dice, Adam. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, and you know what? Like, By the way, I see this over on the Nets side of things too where I talk about that team early in the season, and you say – this does not look like a championship caliber team, right? There's a, there's a world where they should consider selling off some pieces. And then the team loses one game in the month of December. And all of a sudden it looks and feels and tastes different. And then everyone says, Hey, aren't you the guy, you know, aren't you the guys that said this team couldn't do it? It's like, yeah, because things change and there is an evolution to it. Just like six or eight weeks into the season, you can look at a team and say, whatever we thought in training camp, here we are now. And this team looks like they are developing something. And then by the end of it, most importantly, as we turn our attention to the division, to the playoffs, and to some scenarios we wanted to get to here, it's that the NFC is a little sloppy. The NFC is not the most dangerous conference in the world right now, right? You look over in the AFC and you think about the Bills and the Bengals and the Chiefs and the Chargers. And you go, there's a lot of the young, best quarterbacks in the league, et cetera, et cetera, down the line. When you look over in the NFC, though, we're going to talk about the 49ers a little bit here. They're on their third-string quarterback. He's played very well. They're a very dangerous team. But it's just the Vikings, we've talked about their narrow misses and what their defense can or cannot do, right? The Buccaneers are an under-500 team that's going to win the division and go to the playoffs. Like, it's just not the same feel. And that plays a factor, too, in this. And that's why when we look at those Philadelphia Eagles and this Week 18 matchup for the Giants, there's a tale of kind of two sides here. What do the Giants maybe want to accomplish in this game? And what can they maybe prevent the Eagles from accomplishing? And there was um, an interesting poll that we ran, but I do want to get into the Eagles side of this first here and about what the Giants could maybe potentially be spoiling for Philadelphia. Well, well just a, the, the first caveat to your point is the NFC is a little bit in flux. You mentioned those teams uh, in the AFC. In the NFC, you have an injured Jalen Hurts. We don't know exactly what his status is going to yeah. be. You have Brock Purdy, the third string quarterback. You've got Kirk Cousins as as kind of like the top three seeds, and then you have Dak Prescott, who has the most turn, you know, most interceptions in the league. You're talking about a lot of question marks going into the postseason. 
when Daniel Jones is actually playing his best football, you know, in, in his last game. So yeah. it, it it is an interesting situation for the Giants when you think, wow, we're far and away not going to have the bet, you know, the uh, uh, plus matchup in the quarterback room. Now, all of a sudden, you kind of look at it and say, listen, if that pass rush works and Daniel Jones plays the way that he did, like this team has the ability to compete with anyone. And that that was the first thing when you said the AFC is stacked. I'm like, oh, yeah, those quarterbacks are really good in the NFC. At right now, based on how people are playing and injuries and all that stuff, the Giants might not be as far off as people think. Well, and by the way, and this is where, and it's not, it's not, I'm not because he is the third string quarterback, but guess what? Brock Purdy has played too many games and started too many games and played to a 67.8 QBR. He's the starting quarterback for those 49ers. Oh, yeah. And in a lot of ways, it's one of those like, guy. I mean, you know, I mean, it's like they, 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 spent, they spent years trying to figure out what are we going to do with Jimmy G and Trey Lance or whatever. And then Mr. Irrelevant walks in the door and goes, you know, I could just kind of, I could probably just leave this team on a playoff run if you guys want. I mean, if you want, you tell me, you tell me what you want. So it'll be fun to watch that as well. Um, the, the quick poll that we had run, which sets up this conversation around Philly was we had said about rest or play, right? Do you want to, and we framed it in the way of, do you want the giants to rest key players or ruin the Eagles playoff seating, because that's what's possible here in week 18 for the Giants. And ironically, it came up almost 50-50, slightly on the side of ruin things for Philadelphia, which I think is always where the fan base is going to go, because you feel like maybe we're trying to, that can be the feather in our cap. And you only have to cast your mind back, by the way, to the Super Bowl run with Tom Coughlin, final week of the season, perfect season on the line for the uh, New England Patriots at the time, and the Giants went out and played, and they lost. But they accomplished something in that loss that really fueled them onto their playoff run. So it is interesting to think about that as we consider what they could disrupt for Philadelphia, who, as you mentioned, is also trying to navigate getting Jalen Hurts into the playoffs and hopefully help they, from their standpoint. Yeah, I mean, they have a lot riding on this game. The, the Eagles have far more riding on this game than the Giants do. As we mentioned before, yeah. the Giants are locked into the sixth seed. Win, lose, tie, does not matter. They will be the sixth seed. So they can't change the outcome of what's happening for them. They also, in their game against the Eagles, can't really manipulate if they're going to who they're going to play in the three seed, because essentially the giants are going to play either the Minnesota Vikings or the San Francisco 49ers with, you know, Dallas and Philly kind of flip-flopping depending on what happens. But to your point, Philadelphia has to get Jalen hurts back and they have to get him healthy. If they're rushing him back to play in this game, just because they want to solidify that one seed, who knows? He has a QB draw and he gets a little bit of a stinger or has an issue. Like that could really diminish the Eagles chances at winning. They have everything to play for. We mentioned why the one seed is so important to them. One, it gives them an extra week off, Adam. So if yeah, anyone's dinged up, if if Jalen Hurts is really sore, it gives him another week. Second thing is they're likely avoiding getting the two seed, which has to, oh, play Aaron Rodgers potentially in the Green Bay Packers, which the way that they're playing right now, you would have said, oh, that's it. That's an easy win for them You know, early in the season. Now it's not. And the last thing I'll say, and then I, I want to turn it over to you is, you know, likely if they lose, they would have to go to San Francisco in the NFC championship game. If you're Philly getting that extra week off, avoiding the Packers and having everything go through the link is like exactly what you would want. You don't want to play the Packers. If you're the Eagles, you no. don't want to play the extra game in the playoffs. If you're the Eagles. And then even beyond that, cause you and I were talking about this. Okay. Say you, oh, you lose the number one seed and let's say that the Packers don't get in and it is Seattle. Okay. And you don't, and listen, there's, there's worse things to have to do. You're still hosting it. Seattle has to come across the country. Great. 
But all else changes is what if it is San Francisco that's waiting for you in a conference championship game and you have to go across the country to San Francisco in order to make it potentially to a championship game, right? Like these are the, like there are really big, heavy, weighty impacts on this game for Philadelphia. And as you pointed out though, it's like, what's more important securing the number one seed and maybe not having your quarterback healthy at all for the, you know, all the way through the playoffs and having to kind of struggle or knowing that he'll be healthy and kind of saying, we'll take our chances on going on the road or playing the extra game. And I mean, it really is. It's a razor thin line to make that choice. I think that unless you think Jalen Hurts is like borderline, Hey, this could be really bad for him. You want this win in week 18. You want to secure that number one seed. You want that bye week and you want the entire playoffs to go through Philadelphia. So you can sit comfortably at home in between each and every week and hopefully make it difficult for other teams. I'm saying this from a Philadelphia perspective. Let's all understand where my well, heart lies and where my desires lie. Well, the other interesting thing is, Adam, even if they say, oh, we're iffy on Jalen Hurts, let's go with Gardner Minshew, and they think that the Giants are going to be resting their starters, well then, Adam, let's just say that the, let's say the Eagles win and everything's good, great, grand, happy for Philadelphia fans. Then you're basically saying that Jalen Hurts wouldn't take the field for over a month, basically, yeah. since yeah. he got the injury. So, like... If, if Gardner Mitchell goes out there and you win, it's a good thing because you get the extra rest, but it's a bad thing because then you're bringing Jalen Hurts back in for the playoffs and he hasn't played in literally, I think it's like 33 days is what the what, what the numbers come out to be. Wow. Like that creates its own question mark. So if you have any ability to, if you're an Eagles fan, to get Jalen Hurts out there for reps, it feels like a must. And, and you know, we talk about that from the Philly side of things, why it's so important. They've got a whole lot of things that they're juggling right now for the Giants. Yeah. When we turn it over to that side of the ball, as we said, we have literally nothing to play for in terms of our playoff seating. But we know, as you've mentioned before, the Giants have gone out in you know week 17 games, last game of the regular season, and played hard early knowing that they've had playoff burst clinch and things like that before. How do you think – okay, how do you think the Giants will play it, and how would you like them to play it, and are they the same thing? Um. I think I would like them. We said this the other episode of like, hey, play the first quarter, get quality reps, look like you could take them down, and then, you know, don't risk anyone getting hurt. And I, and I thought about that. And I thought about the way NFL teams operate, right? Like, it's really hard to kind of play half in, half out, right? Or just give me a solid 15 minutes and then we'll shut it down. I, I don't know because the two days off throws me off. Because that means, you know, you're preparing for a game potentially. Now, you've played them before, so maybe the game plan and just knowing who you're going up against, that looks a little bit different. I think winning, being on a winning streak can really help you, right? Going into a wild card matchup, having beaten Philadelphia, and knowing that you may play Philadelphia in the playoffs, right? Like, that can be a big boost as well. Um, so it's hard for – it's kind of hard for me to say what I would prefer. I think I'm comfortable with whatever decision they make and – I might even be comfortable with it more so because Daniel Jones is coming off of this really good game against uh, against the Colts and the Eagles are a tough team and they do have a lot on the line here. What if he goes out and has a pretty impressive game, win or lose? That can be as important to anything as well because we've talked about how the Giants have kind of won games against bad teams and they've been mediocre 500 against some of the better teams in the league, right? So I, I think if you're going from a confidence standpoint, you have everything to gain and probably like probably very little to lose by taking on the Eagles and seeing if you can disrupt their playoff path. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I know that emotionally giant fans are like, man, if we could ruin Philadelphia, that would be 
like amazing. Like, yeah. But I think the risk reward to me isn't there because you just don't know what's going to happen with the rest of the playoff picture. You don't know what's going to happen with Jalen Hurts. You can only focus on what gives you the best chance going into that wild card game. Well, let, okay, but let me ask you though. Sure. Let, let me, sorry. Let me interject and ask you: Are you is your is your thought process based on the possibility of injury? Uh, so I, I think it is partially i think just the more snaps you get the more chances there are for something bad to happen i also look at like the fact that Kayvon thibodeau has been hurt leonard williams has been hurt aziz ojalari has been dinged up multiple times uh adore jackson still isn't back yet xavier mckinney is just coming back into form i think there's something to be said about getting some some repetition in just to keep some consistency over the course of you know two weeks but to me i don't know it just feels like um, you know, the more collisions you have in a meaningless game, the more chances you're taking that you don't necessarily need to at this point. So I, I think it, you need a little bit of repetition, but again, I know the line is gray and it doesn't really make sense. So then you're like one series, one quarter, what one touchdown, like what is it, Andy? I just think they need something just to keep the mojo going. But I would say definitely by halftime, shut it down, give other people experience. But just make sure everyone goes through the motions for the week. I, I don't yeah, know. I, 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 it's like I agree with you and also, right? It's like snap number one, Daniel Jones gets hurt. Snap number one, like some, you know, someone goes down. You're like, ah, well, there you go, right? I think certain players like Xavier McKinney keep him on a, on, a, on a snap count. Even a guy, again, you mentioned Dory Jackson. Like he needs to get back out there, a little bit of game speed, give him some reps. You mentioned some of the key defensive players like, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau, Leonard Williams. They've had injuries. But guess what? They're not injured now, right? Aziz Ojolari, he's still just on the fringe of getting back into the fold. So there's certain players I think that you 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 play it smart, right? Offensively, it's the same thing. But like if it's halftime and the Giants are trailing by three or they're up by three and they're going to get it. I said this in the Colts game too, right? Like the Colts game is a great example because it was like, you're never going to lose this game. Stop playing everybody at halftime, right? Like you've done it, but then you come out, you want to make sure then the Colts get a touchdown, you know, and all of a sudden there's a little bit of wiggle room there and it's different. It's about clinching the playoffs there. We all understand that, but that's what I think is tricky because we can talk about it from the outside looking in, but then when you're in the game flow and we said this about Brian Dable too, decisions he's made over the year, it's like just one or the other. If your conviction is we're going to play this out and based on how the game is going, I'll make X decision. Totally fine. The last thing I'd want to hear is that they had a very clear idea of what they wanted to do, and they were swayed by the game to make a different decision in real time. That, I think, would be the dangerous thing. Not because I don't get it, and you could win the game, but because if you said we're more concerned about health going into the playoffs than we are about Week 18, that's fine. I can agree or disagree with it, but you made that choice. Don't then tell me midway through the second quarter you go, hey, boys, we could really do something here because I think it's a bad mental approach for the players and for the coaches. I agree. In the Colts game, I think what's interesting is they were only up three touchdowns in the third quarter only going into the fourth yeah. quarter. And, you know, what, what the analytics say that three touchdowns is possible in a quarter. The last thing you want to do is pull your players and all of a sudden it becomes a tight game and you're like okay guys i know you've cooled down go back right. into and this the is game. what this is why analytics are nonsense because yes three touchdowns in a quarter is analytically possible 
not for the Colts, right? Like, not for that team. For the Minnesota Vikings, it's possible. For the Indianapolis Colts, it's not going to happen with their third-string quarterback when they have three points going into it. They grabbed a touchdown, and that took them forever to accomplish that. But I agree. You, you just you just don't take off the gas pedal. They yes. they did it. They they did one possession in the fourth quarter, and then they said, "All right, we'll pull them now." Now it's time. Yeah. We've taken a little bit of time off the clock. Obviously, Daniel Jones was running a little bit there, and I was not very happy with how they were doing that. But to your point, I don't I don't think that there's a hard and fast rule. Yeah. And that's why you get into these gray areas of like, is it a quarter? Is it a half? Is it until you feel like they've accomplished what they need to accomplish? What is that thing that they need to accomplish? Is it a percentage of something? Right. I don't know. But for me, the way I feel most comfortable is like, you kind of have to make a decision to say, to your point, let's go in and say, the offense is going to get three possessions, and we're going to right, that's what I, exactly. We're, we're going to get three five. possessions. Yeah. We're going to try to move the ball down the field. The question is, if you get have three three and outs, do you say we're done, or do you say let's go for one more to try to just like get some good vibes? I, I think no matter what, my my short answer on this, Adam, is by halftime, Daniel Jones and any of the starters that have any kind of knocks or injuries need to be off the field because this game matters for Philadelphia. It doesn't matter for the Giants. And the last thing you want is a player not playing hard, thinking like, oh, I don't want to get injured, because that's oh, generally when they do get injured, right? Yeah, and I, I think we've seen too many examples. It'll be interesting to see. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that more as the week goes on. It's hard to it's hard to predict because we don't have a clear sense of what they're intending to do here um, right. as we approach. It's why we don't talk matchups, because we'd be talking about a matchup between two guys that aren't going to be on the field together. But the one other thing that I want to talk about here as we close out is – just and we'll talk about this in, in after the season wraps up. We're going to talk about the season overall, some of the successes. But I did see uh, an interesting article over in the New York Post, which was written up by one uh, Ryan Dunleavy, and he went through and said it was like the six games, six key plays. Excuse me, Giants a playoff team because of six key plays. That's the way that he wrote this article up, and it was interesting. Because, and this is probably true for a lot of teams, but we know the razor-thin margins. And I just thought, like, as we approach this final game that may or may not matter, and then going into the wild card round, you look back and you remember the Saquon Barkley two-point conversion versus the Titans in uh, week one. The win probability before and after was obviously 45%, 75%. It was a, a huge moment, and it was symbolic because it was Brian Dable saying, this is the mentality that I'm bringing to this team. He also listed the week 13 game and the overtime punt against the commanders. The win probability didn't really change that much, but that was that big field shifting punt that effectively made you feel defensively like you could have a much better opportunity to close that one out. The fourth down stop and missed penalty, as he, he calls it. I say it's just fair play in the end zone versus the commanders in week 15. Obviously enormous commanders going out because Ron Rivera went with Carson Wentz. We don't understand why. The last couple of ones here, I just want to throw out, and then I, you know we'll bat these around. But Julian Love interception against the Ravens in Week Six, which went from 23 to 67 percent win probability. The gang tackle at the one yard line against those Jacksonville Jaguars. We all that was that was the game on the line there that took them from 65 to 100 percent win probability. And then Barkley's 41 game, uh, yard gain against the Packers, having not played on the previous series where the Giants scored a touchdown. He came back in and gave what he is known for, the home run hit that effectively helped put that one on ice. Any of those, I mean, to me, the Jacksonville Jaguars stand was a big one. And then all the way back week one, regardless of what the Titans turned out to be, that Brian Dable commitment to, hey, this is the type of you know team we're going to be, 
those two I think are pretty big to me when I look over the spectrum of these games. Yeah. So obviously the, the Titans week one is the first one that comes to your mind because it was a tone setter for the entire season. It was yeah. like, we are going to be aggressive and we're going to try to go win games instead of not lose them, which I think was, was something you saw a lot this season up until the commanders game where we hoped for a tie. Um, for me, I, I was waiting for you to say it for some reason, the Julian love interception against the Baltimore Ravens. Even the players said, I haven't felt, giant stadium metlife stadium be as electric as it was yeah when you listen to it back you kind of get the chills and that to me was the turning point where we were basically like oh this team is good but are they like can they make the playoffs good and that pick by julian love to basically seal the game you have saquon barkley going down at the one that to me encapsulates like this team the way the fans have rallied around them, the way the defense has had this bend, don't break mentality. So for some reason, that one really sticks out in my head, even though it wasn't like technically a game clincher or technically did anything, but it did certainly flip the percentage chance for the Giants to win. Yeah, and you look at that, that moment there. You're talking about you're coming off of having beaten Chicago at home. You went to London and won against Green Bay. You beat Baltimore there. And you know, it's like all these games. Packers aren't playing very good football at the time, right? The, the Carolina Panthers were a bad team, as was Chicago at the time. And then you go on and you beat Jacksonville. And it really, that's then, you know, you, you, you lose to Seattle. You beat Houston in the losing streak with a tie mix then comes into play there. I think to your point, though, it's like that one felt like the – Hey, Baltimore, very consistent team, very well coached, always in and around the playoffs in a very competitive division. When you look back at their season, and by the way, even with being a team that has lost Lamar Jackson, they are still a team that are looking, staring down the battle of the playoff picture in the AFC, right? So like it, it did feel like, hey, this is checking a certain box that we wanted to. And, and ironically, only getting, you know, and then going one and four, one, three and one over the next five games you're like jesus did, did that box getting checked even matter but at, in that moment and being at home in front of the fan base like that did feel like the hey new york football giants fans we are going to be a competitive team this year we are turning the corner from a very bad taste in your mouth over the last decade of football right like that that was probably a a culmination kind of moment <laughs> and it was julian love a guy that we talked about in the preseason about could he be have a role on this team? What was it going to look like? He ends up being a key leader and someone that's played incredibly consistent football in that secondary as you've seen <clears throat> other pieces miss significant time. Yeah, I think we talked about how the Titans have had ebbs and flows this year. We talked about the Packers not looking great earlier in the season. It really did feel like the Baltimore Ravens game was the one where it's like, no, no, no. This is an MVP-level quarterback still. They are a playoff team, and the Giants went out and beat them. Plus Wink and Martindale, at, right, you know. Right. Well, yes, it feels even sweeter for him. And at the end of the day, Adam, that really vaulted us from saying they are a playoff team to the Giants actually being a playoff team. And now we kind of sit back, and it's going to be interesting. We're going to see some of the injury reports come out for the Giants. I'm sure that'll be very Mary. telling on who's on the injury report to like how they're going to approach this game. They may have 20 guys listed on the injury report just to kind of give themselves some air cover, but it will be fascinating. We're, we're going to come back in, obviously – and talk a little bit about injuries, kind of see where the tea leaves are reading from what Dayball is saying. But yeah, the Giants are in the playoffs. Not much is on the line for them against the Eagles, but it feels so good to be able to say it. You know, 100%, man. You obviously know you can get us over on YouTube. You can get us on the podcast feed, and we'll, we'll get a sense, as Andy mentioned, about what should we set 
as reasonable goals, to whatever level they may be, what goals can be accomplished in Week 18 against the Philadelphia Eagles? I, I find myself shocked that I'm leaning towards play them. Play everybody. Go beat them. Throw a wrench into the Philadelphia Eagles season in a way that would be so symbolic of what Brian Dable set out to accomplish when this year began. You do all those great things. You support the show. And we will be back in two more full, beautiful episodes this week to break down the Week 18 and the playoff matchup for Big Blue. But until then, as Andrew Makowitz would want, need, and nay, demand the people know. As always, let's go Big Blue.